friends. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Kristen McLean, and I am the Family Ministries Pastor here at Next Level, and I am honored and privileged to be sharing with you today. Does anyone else hate being late? I absolutely hate being late. But when I was growing up, I felt like we were late to everything. My husband's family, on the other hand, were always early. Like they were that family that was there an hour early. And he always felt like they were wasting time arriving early, and I felt like we were wasting time being super late. And so although our viewpoints were very similar, our perspectives were quite different. So I want to do a little exercise where we can get you to think about your perspective about the activities that you participate in. So let's look at the first one, social media. If you think this is, maybe you think this is time well spent, maybe you think it's time wasted. But for some people, social media is the place that they connect with their friends, it's the place they find their recipes, it's the place that they get their news, it's where they advertise their businesses. And others find it a complete waste because they don't um, spend any time on social media whatsoever. What about the gym? Is it time well spent or time wasted? Some people love to exercise at the gym. Others prefer to exercise outside. Other people are like me. They prefer to eat ice cream while people exercise. It's just a different way of looking at things. Maybe you should consider Netflix. Is that time well spent or time wasted? Kind of depends on the show that we're watching, right? We all have our favorites, and they always take the good ones off of Netflix. I never understand that. Um, but... We all have our favorite shows, and we all probably have multiple streaming services. Um, and then some of us don't even know how to use the remote control. At my house, I very rarely even know where the remote control is. What about college football? Is that time well spent or time wasted? Um, I have learned to appreciate a good college football game over the years, um, but I grew up in basketball country in eastern North Carolina, and so basketball is my preferred sport to watch. Um, but... In the office, when they talk about football, I'm just completely lost. But here's the deal. We are either spending our time or we're wasting our time. And that's true no matter who you are or where you live. You make choices every day to either spend time or to waste it. And as we just saw, it's really subjective because we each view the ways that we spend our time very differently. But I want to tell you that everybody who is watching is gifted. Now, not many of us would use that word to describe ourselves because in our culture, we use that word because, to describe someone's talents or their abilities, or we use it to describe their possessions or their place in society. And they look at people and they say they are gifted, but we ourselves, we would never describe as gifted. But the truth is we are all gifted, and the universal gift that we have is the gift of time, and that's what I want to talk about today. Psalm 39, 4 through 5 says, Lord, help me to realize how brief my time on earth will be. Help me to know that I am here, but for a moment more, my life is no longer than my hand, my whole lifetime, but a moment to you. And I want to start by sharing some truths about time. The first one is we all have the gift of time. If you are breathing today, you have the gift of time. 
And there's a country music artist, Scotty McCreary, he wrote a song called Five More Minutes. And in that song, he talks about those moments that we want just five more minutes. Like a little boy who's eight and he's out fishing and he wants just five more minutes before the sun sets to catch that fish. Or maybe a 16-year-old who is standing on the front porch writing for their very first kiss and they need five more minutes. Or maybe you're 18 and it's your final high school game and you're on the court or the field for the last time. Or maybe you're in a room with someone who's fixing to pass away and all you really want in any of those moments is five more minutes. There was a man and a woman who were at a playground one day and they struck up a conversation. And the man was fixing to get ready to go and so he called out to his son who was on a swing and he said, hey, it's time to go home. And the son said, oh, just five more minutes, dad, please, just five more minutes. So the father agreed. Well, a few more minutes passed by, and the father called out again to the son, and he said, hey, it's time to go home. And the little boy pleaded one more time, just five more minutes, Dad, just five more minutes. And the father happily agreed again. And the woman noticed, and she commented, and she said, hey, you are so patient. And the father replied, my older son, Tommy, passed away last year. and I never spent much time with him at all. And I'd give anything for five more minutes with him. And I vowed that I would never give up my time with Sam. And so he has five more minutes to play, is what he thinks. But I really have five more minutes to watch him swing. So I'd be willing to bet that there are people who would be willing to give anything to have just five more minutes with someone that they love. Because time is a gift, and it is a gift that is often taken for granted. Our second truth about time is that time is the most valuable resource. It's our most valuable gift, and some people would argue that money is the most valuable gift. But there's the thing with money. When you lose money or you run out of money, you can always go and get more money. And it's not necessarily easy, but you can earn more money. But that is not true about time. Once it's gone, it's gone. And we have less time today than we had yesterday, and that is true about every single person. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said, Our todays and yesterdays are the blocks with which we build tomorrow because time is the most valuable resource. There was a young man who told the story of the greatest gift he ever received. And it was a gift he got one Christmas when he was a young child. And he received a small box from his father. And inside was a note saying, Son, this next year I'm going to give you 365 hours, an hour every night after dinner. And his father not only kept that promise, but he renewed it every single year. And it was the greatest gift he'd ever received because time is valuable and we don't want to waste it. We want to spend it doing things that matter. And the third truth is we all have the same amount of time. Now that may not be true as far as the same amount of years we have. But as far as the measurement of time and what we choose to use it for, we have the same amount of hours in a day, days in a week, weeks in a month, months in a year. And how we choose to use the gift of time that we have is up to us. Has anybody noticed that the older you get, the faster time seems to go by? I can remember being in elementary school, and summers seemed to last forever. Christmas seemed to be take forever to get here, much less my birthday. But now, summers are like a blip on the calendar, I can barely recover from one holiday until the next holiday's already arrived. And let's not talk about my birthday because I promise you, I am not supposed to be this old yet. 
My husband and I will celebrate 23 years of marriage this fall. And it seems like we only got married like a couple of years ago. We have three beautiful children, two girls and a boy, and they will turn 20, 18, and 15 this summer. And I am certain that we just brought them home from the hospital like, like last week. Our time with them has literally flown by. And in the TV series Modern Family, there's a scene where Jay the Patriarch says this quote. The thing about babies is you fall in love with a baby with the cutest little fat folds, and then bam, they're gone. But it's okay because in its place is this toddler with the greatest laugh on earth. And then one day the toddler's gone. And in its place, a little kid that asks the most interesting questions you've ever heard. And this keeps on going, but you never get a chance to miss any of them because there's always a new kid to take the place of the old until they grow up. And then in a moment, all those kids you fell in love with walk out the door at the same time. And it goes fast, like the expression, you never know the last time you pick your kid up. And the truth is, no matter what season you're in this morning, whether you're still learning to navigate the halls of a middle school or you're a high schooler who's trying to figure out who you are and who God want, what God wants you to do with your life, or you're a young adult trying to figure out how to adult properly, or you're newly married, or you're new parents just wanting to get a nap, or you're the parents of a teenager wondering how you could have messed up so badly by simply saying good morning, or an empty nester trying to figure out your purpose, or you're taking care of aging parents, or you're um, trying to figure out how you're going to say goodbye to that loved one, or maybe you're trying to figure out how to live after saying that goodbye. No matter what, we know that as we get older, time goes faster, it seems. And our perspective changes, and we start to see that the clock is ticking, and we have less time today than we had yesterday. And it makes me think about a verse in Psalms. <clears throat> Psalms 90.12 says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are and help us to spend them as we should because a wise person looks at time as a measurement of what they are going to choose to use their time on. 936, would you say that sounds like a lot? I guess it sounds like a lot if it might be the amount of money that you made at a yard sale. But 936 doesn't sound like a lot. And you think of it as the number of weeks you have with your child. That's it. That's all the time you have with your child from the time they're born until they turn 18. 936 weeks. That's 18 birthdays, 18 spring breaks, 18 Christmases, 18 short, sweet summers. Now, imagine those 936 weeks as marbles in a jar. We use this illustration at our parent-child dedications, and I thought I would share it with you today. There are 936 marbles in this jar. And each week, if you take out a marble, you're taking out a marble for every week this past. And if you do the math based on your child's age, how many marbles do you have left in your jar? Let me help you out. If you have a one-year-old, you have 887 marbles left. If you have a five-year-old, you have 782 marbles left. If you have a 10-year-old, you have 521 marbles left. My youngest daughter will be 15 this summer, and she only has 162 marbles left. My son will be 18 at the end of June, 
Lucky for me, he doesn't graduate until next year, so I've added a couple marbles back to his jar, but he only has 58 left. My oldest daughter's jar is empty, but she still lives at home, so occasionally a marble rolls my way. But let me tell you, when you see how much time you have left, you tend to do more with the time that you have right now. And I think we would all agree that time is valuable, but it is also limited. So we are either spending our time or we're wasting our time. And how do we make sure that we're putting our time into things of value? How do we make sure that we're making the most out of the amazing gift that we've been given? Because time is not a normal transaction, is it? Like you give X amount of time and you get X amount of time back? It doesn't work that way, right? Once we've given our time, it's gone. We don't even get to experience sometimes the good stuff that comes from giving our time because it's gone. And that doesn't even feel right. And honestly, sometimes giving your time doesn't seem fair. But remember, it's not a normal transaction. You're not going to get normal things back because it's not time given. It's time invested. Giving my time is not a normal transaction. It's an investment. And time invested has an invaluable return. Charles Francis Adams was a 19th century political figure and diplomat, and he kept a diary. And one day he entered, I went fishing with my son today, a day wasted. His son, Brooke Adams, also kept a diary, which is still in existence. And on that same day, Brooke Adams made this entry, went fishing with my father, the most wonderful day of my life. The father thought he was wasting his time while fishing with his son, but the son saw his investment of time. And the only way to tell the difference between wasting and investing is to know one's ultimate purpose in life and to judge it accordingly. Moments with our kids and the people that we love are invaluable. And time is what we really care about. Time is what we hold on to, and time is what we will want back one day. We want to know that people are better off because of our investment, right? I know that I, my hope is that my children will grow into successful, well-adjusted adults. I hope the students and the kids that I work with will know that they are loved. I hope that all of them will have a better understanding of who Jesus is and a better relationship um, with who Jesus is than I had. And that is the investment that I want to make. So we're not just investing in being a mom or dad. We're investing in something that God has asked us to do. And it has a long-term effect. And when we invest in things that matter, we invest in things that outlast us, Jesus takes our investment and he multiplies it because when we invest our time in eternity, Jesus multiplies the investment. The wisest investment we will ever make is to say to God, God, I want you to make the rest of my life count. I give it to you, whatever it is. And we don't have to save everyone. We don't have to do things that we are incapable of. God just says, look, here's your role. You do this. You trust me and I will show you how I will multiply it for my kingdom. And as a church, we have a responsibility to the next generation. They need us. They're depending on us. They need us to invest in eternity. I want you to think about it like this. You could miss something precious and priceless with people that you love because of work. You could miss hugging that kid who really needs it or having a life-changing conversation with a student because you're afraid to step up. You can miss impacting someone's life because you keep putting off an invitation that feels uncomfortable. And you know what? 
the enemy will tell us all sorts of lies to keep us from making that investment. And there are three common ones that he tells us on a regular basis. The first one is that I have plenty of time. I'm still young. I've got plenty of time left. I can invest my time into something later, something that counts is, is in the future. I want to invest in me right now. I want to enjoy my life, my freedom. I will do all those things later, but right now I just want to have fun. And James 4.14 says, How do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? For the length of your lives is uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, and soon it's gone. You don't know how much time you have. Not only that, you don't know how much time you have with those people in your life right now, the group of friends that you have, the people that God has placed around you, people that you are able to have an impact on. And students don't know how long you're going to be with those friends that you have before you spread out around the world or around the country. God could use you to impact your friend's faith right now. Don't buy the lie that you have more time. People are watching you now. You don't know how much time you have, and it's just not in your life, but in this season of influence that God has put you in. Don't let the enemy keep you from investing your time into eternity. The second lie he tells us is that my time has passed. And maybe you feel like you're too old at this point, or maybe you feel like your prime is behind you. Um, But I would remind you about Chick-fil-A. Most of us love Chick-fil-A, Jesus Chicken, as we lovingly call it. Um, Truett Cathy was the founder of Chick-fil-A, of course. He invested his life into this company, but it did not start to grow until he was in his 60s which is really counterculture in America today. I mean, our culture, people, our society would tell you that um, if you have not done something by a certain age, you're behind. We have certain marks you should have hit. Certain ages are your prime. Um, You have to have done all this or your capital worth is not going to be right. You're not going to be successful. Um, Your window of opportunity has passed. Oh, well, but absolutely not. True what Kathy would tell you, if you have the Holy Spirit in your chicken, it will grow even at 60. And God grew that business, and now he's multiplied it. And there are jobs everywhere and lots of good chicken all over. So your time has not passed. With age comes wisdom, experience, perspective. So make yourself available and be willing to share with those who need an encouraging word. No one is too old for God to use them. And maybe you feel like your time has passed because you messed up in your past. And you look in the rearview mirror and you say, hey, I... I messed up, and there's no way that I could do anything now. And I would say, you don't know my Jesus. You didn't make too big of a mess of things because Jesus is bigger than all of that. And he can take that mess and exchange it for something better, something amazing. So don't let what the enemy stole from you then steal from you right now. Let that go. Trust in Jesus and invest your time now into something that counts. And Jesus will multiply your impact. And the third lie that he tells us is, I'm too busy. And the enemy loves this one because people fall for it every single time. You fall for that. Hey, you don't have time to serve with kids or students. That's a commitment. You can't afford to give that time away. Plus, they they wouldn't even want you there. Or he tells us, hey, you don't have to go to church every week. You need to travel, and sports is going to keep you busy. Or you could get a lot of other stuff done instead of all that volunteering or Bible reading or praying. Don't let the enemy tell you you're too busy. What if we looked at our time the same way we look at our money? 
For many of us, this is a really hard concept, okay? But we can see that God has been faithful every single time that we have trusted him with our finances. Over and over again, he's taken care of things, even when it didn't make sense. So if we looked at our time the same way, how much are we giving to God willingly? How much are we giving of our time to God willingly? Here, God, my time is yours. What do you want me to do with it? And, of course, we have commitments, all sorts of commitments. But are we ordering them in the right way? Are we giving them the value that God wants them to have? Maybe he wants us to do more of something or less or something completely different. How many of you would say you are busier now than you've ever been? I know for me, I'm in a really busy season. Um, at home, I homeschool. I have a kid in college. I have teenagers. I'm maintaining relationship with my husband and my children. I have all the normal cleaning and cooking and bills and all of those things. Laundry, oh, the laundry that goes along with normal life. And then here in my job at Next, Next Level, I head up family ministries. I think through improvements. I lead student ministry. I manage life groups. Um, I listen to parents and students. I fulfill all those other duties as a sign that we have. And I carry burdens on my heart. But in those super busy moments, I cling to moments of prayer that I carve out for myself during the day. And you probably have those moments, too. Those are those um, car ride prayers or the shower prayers or the hide in my closet and don't let anybody find me prayers. <laughs> or maybe it's the sit in the silent worship center and let God fill me prayers. But you see, God does more in a moment of prayer than I can do in a whole week of work. And God asks us to trust him just a little bit. And he says he will blow our minds with what he can do. And he'll do it over and over and over again. Because when we invest our time in eternity, Jesus multiplies the impact. So don't let the enemy tell you that you're too busy. I'm standing here today because people invested their time. And Jesus multiplied the impact. You have people who invested in your life. People who saw a need for a church like Next Level where people can come and their story is safe, whether they sit in the chairs or they watch online or they serve around a campus or they stand on the stage. And we have been impacted those, by those people who invested their time, and the next generation is counting on us to do the same. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, My dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the Master confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. I mentioned earlier that giving our time is not a normal transaction. Sometimes we give our time and no one seems to appreciate it. Sometimes we feel like we're the only ones doing anything and it doesn't feel fair. And often we don't get to experience the good stuff that comes from our giving, the giving of our time because we're just planting seeds. But the time that we're investing makes a difference. In my first ministry position, I had a young girl who was about the age of 13 at the time, and she only attended sporadically. A couple years ago, she reached out to me via social media asking for prayer. She was really struggling. She was going a really hard time in her life. And her message said she wasn't sure what to do, but I had always told her she could reach out. And so she did. And it had to have been 10 years at least since I had told her that. There was a young man in the first youth group that Stephen and I worked with when we were newly married and um, this kid was great he was popular he was always inviting other kids to youth group but his family life was rough and I used to tell him how God was going to use him one day to do big big things and the last time I saw him his 
older sister who was 15 was pregnant. His father had relapsed back into drug use. And he found me a few years ago, several years ago now probably, on Facebook. And he sent me a message. And the first thing he asked me was, did you really believe I would make something of myself when you used to say that? You see, our investment matters. And I tell people all the time that if it makes a difference to one person, it is worth it. We have an opportunity every single week to say that we're going to invest our time so Jesus can multiply it. It's about the next generation. It's about the opportunity that they're going to have. It's about letting them know that they are worth it. It's about the people that you are going to impact in a way that only you can. And we have been gifted, and God has given us a gift of time. And there's a question you should consider this week. How much of what I'm doing right now is going to count 10 years from now, or 50 years from now, or for eternity? Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for the gift of time. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to invest it. And thank you for taking our investments and multiplying them far beyond what we could ever imagine. May we never take for granted the time that we have been given. And may we consider how we use our time. And may we make the time that we've been given count for eternity. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today, friends. If this video touched your heart at all today, if you would like or share, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps us reach other people who are just like you. And if you wanted to support Next Level Church as we raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play, if you go to nextlevelchurch.org slash give and hit that big green give button, we would really appreciate it. And as far as benediction goes today, let me leave you with this. You will stand before Jesus one day, and hopefully he looks at you and he says, you really used that gift of time I gave you, and you made it count. And you're going to look at him, and you're going to say, it was worth it. May you have a wonderful week. God bless you.